Hello and welcome back to Why It's Right of a Sports Podcast. Um, so, uh, if you did not notice, uh, if you did not notice, <laughs> if you did not notice, I took a week off. Just kidding. I just couldn't find the time to post. You know why? Because of online schooling. Yes, online schooling is now what I do. I now attend COVID-19 University here in my house. <laughs> um, but no, the transition to online schooling has been interesting. It's been weird. Um, it's been very hard to find motivation to write papers, go research things, do a bunch of different things. So the transition was very hard. There wasn't a lot of news in the sports world, really, just besides more things getting canceled and more things getting delayed. So I kind of took a week to do some more in-depth um, digesting. <laughs> That's not the word. Um, just an in-depth dive um, into more things that I'm going to go into. But quarantine is crazy. You're just at home. You're, you can't really go anywhere. You can go to the stores, kind of. Uh, you can't just go hang out anywhere. It, it, it's crazy. It's very hard to kind of stay sane. I've been watching a lot of shows. I think since quarantine started, I've watched, oh my goodness, I think I've watched three shows. No, I've watched four shows. I've watched four shows, and I finished them all. Um, they're all kind of short. They're all one-season things. No, I have not watched Tiger King. Um, I was thinking about watching it and then I just saw a bunch of memes on it and it kind of got me frustrated and I was like, why am I going to watch this? It, all the memes are annoying. I don't know who this Carol Baskin person is and I don't need to hear a song about how she killed her husband. Okay. Although she probably did kill her husband. I don't need to be hearing that. That's not the energy I want. I don't want to hear about another person's death. No, but... Yeah, I mean, a lot of you probably watch Tiger King. There's a bunch of other things uh, that you could be watching. <clears throat> but basically what I've been doing is I've just been trying to, you know, <laughs> just stay sane. Thank goodness I have a gym in my garage so I can stay fit. I can go out there and blow off steam if I need to. But this is very interesting times, especially in sports. So, kind of getting into everything, the NBA, let's start with the NBA. The NBA might be done. We, this season might be over. It might be unsalvageable. We might not have the NBA. Why? Just because they don't know if they can pick it back up. Maybe it's the forgotten season. Um, if you kind of resume the NBA and you're like, hey, you guys kind of got a two-week training camp and then you got... 10 games to get yourself back in game shape, and then after that, we're going to kick off to the playoffs. You got teams like, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, who at the beginning of the season did not do too well, and towards the end kind of got on a little bit of a hot streak because Damian Lillard was just going, um, he was just going off. He was going nuclear. But you have teams like those who I believe are like the 10th team in the West. Uh, who are just trying to sneak in, team like the Spurs, who maybe catch fire late. DeMar DeRozan could actually <laughs> go back to his Toronto days and maybe give you 25 a game. But, you know, you have teams like those who would really struggle from that, who are like, well, we, we statistically can't make the playoffs. And then 
you know, you'd have teams that would benefit from it, like the Golden State Warriors. They'd be like, okay, well, there's no point in playing our players anymore, so why are we even going to play them? And then it's just – so it's it's very interesting. Uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN was um, on ESPN talking about the season and basically just said that there's more talks about canceling it and what they're going to do about canceling it and how they're going to go about that than there is about when it comes back. Um, there was stuff about putting everybody on a cruise ship and everybody playing on a cruise ship, which was really interesting. And then there was some stuff about how they're going to fly everybody out to the Bahamas and everybody's going to have a good old time in the Bahamas playing the NBA season out. Wouldn't be too crazy. LeBron James would go amazing. LeBron James would get all that rest by the ocean. He would become superhuman. I mean, you're, you already gave the man too much rest. And then you want to go and give him the ocean? Wow, that would be insane. But doesn't seem like they're going to go to the Bahamas. And uh, kind of what Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has said is we will decide in May. And we're about, we're not halfway through April, so we still have a while to go before we hear anything about the NBA and, you know, the virus is rising. I know in New York, um, percentages are going down. New York's the hot spot, but we don't know. That's the thing is we don't know. There's been no, you know, this is a virus, you know, and so it's just, we just don't know. But... Speaking of islands, Dana White. Dana White's island party gets crashed. If you didn't know, Dana White is the president of the of the UFC. And he wanted to buy an island just to put all of his fighters there so that, that he could continue to fight and give us UFC fights. And then somebody stepped in because then Dana White came in the next day and was like, okay, guys, uh, we have to cancel stuff. Dana White still says, he's like, the island is going to happen. Probably won't happen. Sorry to break it to you. The island probably won't happen, everybody. But yeah, Dana White's little island party got crashed. The UFC is on standstill until then. (sighs) But sad day. Sad day for a fallen brother. Um, The XFL. The XFL over before it truly started. XFL suspends operation and lays off majority of their workers. Now, the XFL, who is owned by Vince McMahon, um, he has more than enough money to probably sustain it. So it's suspending operations just so it does, it isn't just spending unnecessary money, and they could probably save more money by suspending operations. Um, but all of, you know, all the coaches, all the players that haven't gotten signed yet you know now it's everybody's in a little bit of a limbo so it's extremely interesting just what's going to happen with the xfl the xfl looked better than the aaf if you don't remember the alliance american alliance football league that happened last year um which crashed in the middle of the season this the xfl came back um the xfl was something that was a long time ago and it came back and it was like, we're back and we're better. And it actually had a good product. It wasn't like the AAF where it was like, oh, well, there's kind of no good quarterback in this league. So there's no real reason to watch it. 
But the XFL, I mean, you had guys that got signed to NFL rosters and who were in MVP running in the XFL. Take that however you want. Take it with a grain of salt or whatever. But, you know, the the XFL was an impressive um it was an impressive product and you hope it comes back and you hope all these people who got laid off, you hope, you know, that they get to come back and have a job. Um, all right. So I've been moving very fast through this intro. We're getting into it today. Well, probably because we have just a big, um, I'm going to be doing NFL free agency breakdown a different way. Uh, just, I know last episode I mentioned, I was like, we're going to bring on, you know, my friend every week and we're going to talk about every free agent decision. I realized that um, that podcast would be super long. And so I was like, well, let me break it up. Let me go, you know, AFC North, NFC North in the same podcast and then move on. But then I also realized, <laughs> I realized that I need to have content. And so if I did that, it would be four podcasts. Okay. North, South, East and West. So I was like, why don't I just do the AFC North, then the NFC North, and make it and distribute content all over the place, let free agency and the draft play out as well, so then I can go back, touch up on some things, um, and then, you know, have a lot more content to give you guys. And it's not all have to be condensed, I can talk a little bit longer on each team, I can go through go through last season, what happened last season, um, what are some of the, <coughs> sorry, what are some, I, I don't have a dry cough, no, I just swallowed wrong, I, I don't have a dry cough, don't worry, um, but go through and kind of preview uh, kind of last season, their upcoming season, and then um, kind of go through what they need in the draft and what they could possibly address later. So, without further ado, let's get into the AFC North. All right, starting in the AFC North, we have the good old Cleveland Browns. Now, the Cleveland Browns finished last season at a whopping 6-10, and and they had Super Bowl hype. I mean, everybody was like, the Browns are going to be amazing. They traded for Odell Beckham Jr. Baker Mayfield came off of a record-setting rookie year. And he didn't even play in the first three games. And then they hire Freddie Kitchens, which is, uh, they hired, sorry, I don't know what that was, um, if you even heard that. They hire Freddie Kitchens after he steps in, after they, um, they fired their coach at the time. He steps in, Baker Mayfield's like, oh, I love Kitchens. He was the running back coach and he was the interim offensive coordinator. And their offense was really good. And so they were like, let's just bring him in. They brought him in and there was just no discipline. There was no, there was no nothing. So they couldn't beat premier teams. Uh, They beat the Ravens early in the year. So take that with a grain of salt, but they couldn't beat the premier teams in the league. They had a, they had a tough schedule. They had a front loaded schedule and then they had this back end of their schedule, which was really, you know, it was easier. They played, you know, the Broncos. They played the Bengals twice at the back end of their season. And then they just, they were losing games they were supposed to win. And Baker Mayfield threw too many interceptions. 
and Odell Beckham Jr. had a sports hernia and wasn't playing the same, and people were getting injured left and right, and their offensive line wasn't good, and there was no real like discipline on that team. And so then the Browns just became a laughing stock again. But this time I was a little bit more disappointed because disappointing because we expected more from them. But so we've kind of gone through last year, <laughs> which was just a shame for them because I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I love him. I like his swag. I just like everything about him. His prove everybody wrong thing. But last year was just so hard to come out and say you were a Baker Mayfield fan because poor guy just could not do anything right. But they fired Freddie Kitchens. They fired Freddie Kitchens. They got rid of him after one year, and they brought in a new coach, the offensive coordinator from the Vikings. Interesting pickup. I know he was pursued the year before, and they they brought him in finally, and we will we'll we'll see how that goes. Now I'm kind of sitting here and as stuttering over what I wanted to say, but it'll be very interesting because the the Minnesota Vikings offense um, was very weird, and maybe they're you know I think it's um, Kevin Fersansky or something like that. Excuse me if I get his name wrong, <laughs> um, but. He was very held back by Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, just because Mike Zimmer is a defensive guy and called majority of the defensive plays and then was like, on offense, we should only run the ball. Like kind of going back to the early 2000s, 90s, all the old stuff where it was like, no passing the ball anymore. We're going to ground and pound. Doesn't work really in today's NFL unless you have a premier back that can stay healthy like a Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry didn't get very good until the end of the season, which is the first time, the best time to get hot. But, um, you know, it's just with, so there could have been conflicting things with the offense. Um, you know, the Cleveland head coach, while he was in Minnesota, he could have just been saying, hey, we want to pass it more, this and this. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't do too much with Kirk Cousins, who was a who was a big upgrade over Case Keenum, who was a free agent pickup for the Browns. But you know, they couldn't do a lot with him uh, with Kirk Cousins, who I'm referring to. He it was it was just very interesting. I I like the pickup because I think he's an actual coach, um, unlike Freddie Kitchens. But it'll be interesting just to see how that goes. So that helps almost with the discipline issues too, because he can bring in a real staff, um, not just Freddie Kitchens was a running back coach, and then they made him a head coach. He went from a running back coach to an offensive coordinator to a head coach in less than a year. That doesn't happen unless you have coffee with Sean McVay. <laughs> um, so in free agency, they helped their O-line issue. Uh, they picked up a right tackle. Um, hang on, I, I almost said Austin Hooper. It's not Austin Hooper. Um, Jack Coughlin, um, they picked him up from Tennessee. Tennessee is known for all their big old offensive linemen. Uh, they've, they have really good offensive line down there in Tennessee. So they pick him up on a pretty good contract. Three years, $42 million. That's, that's big. <laughs> um, but so they bring him in to help out the tackle position. 
uh, every mock draft that I see, um, they are taking they're taking another tackle. So they want to really emphasize those tackle positions and get Baker Mayfield protection. Because when Baker Mayfield has protection or he gets out of the pocket, and he has a clean pocket and he's protected, Baker Mayfield is a premier quarterback in this league. And I'm not scared to say that. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, no, he's not, then he, he broke the rookie touchdown record set by Peyton Manning. You don't walk into that. Okay, No other rookie quarterback has done that. Okay. Now, granted, if Patrick Mahomes didn't play um, in the last game of the season, his technical rookie year, yes, he would have destroyed that by leaps and miles because the second year he threw like 50-something touchdowns. But (laughs) I digress. So they did fix the offensive line issue. They fixed the coaching issue. Only thing is really, you know, they lost linebackers. Granted, those linebackers were not the best, but... Their defense is now a little suspect. Uh, they could have holes in corners. Uh, they sh- Sorry. <laughs> I realized that didn't really make too much sense. Um, they could have holes in the cornerback position. Um, and then they could have holes in the linebacker position. Uh, I was looking at their draft pick. So they have their first round pick. They have one second round pick. They have, I believe, third, uh, three third round picks, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, and then a seventh round pick. So, and uh, speaking of linebackers, Clay Matthews is on the free agent market. Granted, you don't really know what you're getting in Clay Matthews, but um, it's still it's it's still a, a fine pickup. I mean, you lost some good linebackers who got paid a good amount of money in free agency, um, but it's a it's a destination for him to look at uh, if he doesn't go back to Green Bay or if he doesn't go to another team. So. That's where I think the Browns really need help um, is on defense, and then they need a left tackle. Left tackle is one of the most important positions in football, and they they truly I, – I, once they booster up that offensive line, I think Baker Mayfield will be fine, and he'll be able to have time in the pocket again, throw good passes – I think this new coach will do more things like under the middle, have a check down um, as well as a deep threat because it just felt like Freddie Kitchens was like, oh, we got Jarvis Landry. We got Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Let's just send them deep. (laughs) And that doesn't that doesn't really work um, in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry to say that it's not Madden. It is not Madden, but. Speaking of offensive weapons, they did pick up Austin Hooper, um, the tight end from Atlanta, who was very, is extremely good tight end. He's one of the premier tight ends in the league. Um, They do have David Ngakwe, who again had injury struggles last year. He had a bunch of injuries, missed time, but Austin Hooper, I think you get that two tight end set, it's going to be going to be really good because two tight ends set you don't know if they're running around they could be blocking okay I don't know too much about the logistics of that but I've seen a lot of film to know that two tight end sets work well um and they have you know the uh double-headed um the double-headed dragon at running back with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb Nick Chubb extremely underrated 
Freddie Kitchens just was like, oh, Nick Chubb has 100 yards this game. What should we do? We should pass it 50 times now. Never give him another possession, which is ridiculous. So I believe Nick Chubb will be getting more <clears throat> will be getting more touches a game, and Kareem Hunt will also be getting more touches, and they'll just try to take the pressure off of Baker Mayfield. But I really think the pickup of Austin Hooper is going to help, especially with you know the offensive um, blocking part of it. I think that's a great pickup. And so what I really want to see from the Browns is add maybe some defense in the draft. If you can get a, a good linebacker, um, either maybe a 10. Maybe they pick up a good linebacker at 10, trade a couple picks, try to get you know, a good offensive lineman uh, in the second, in the early second round, um, maybe pick up your offensive lineman with your first round pick, try to get up a sneaky linebacker, you know, from uh, in the second round or the third round, whatever, or maybe trade your picks to go get somebody um, who's a decent name. I think that is, that is something the Browns should do is go in and get defense and offensive line. I think they are fine everywhere else. Their secondary might be a little suspect, but hey, we you can't have everything. Every team has to have a hole. There's been no team that has everything they need. Okay? That just that's just football. Actually, that's just sports. It's no team has everything they need. If a team had everything they need, then they would win a championship. Okay? Even the Golden State Warriors, when everybody's like, oh, they have Kevin Durant and they have Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. Oh, what a, uh, this sucks. They have all these people. And then it's like, yeah, but they have no bench. They have no bench. And it was like, oh, they have so much injury luck. And then last year, everybody and their mother gets injured in the finals. Anyway, moving on from that rant. Next up, we're going to talk about is the Ravens. The Ravens were the big surprise team last year. NFC North champions, the first seed in the AFC, 14-2 and two record, 14 wins, two losses. Lamar Jackson coming in and winning MVP. Amazing. Um, and then they went in, they have this amazing year. Everybody loves everything. And then you know what they do? They lose to the Titans after their bye week. They just couldn't stop Derrick Henry. I think Ryan Tannehill threw for like 90 yards. It's just tough. That's tough. But the Ravens didn't back down. They did not back down. They got bigger on the defensive line. They brought in Derek Wolf from Denver, who's been a little bit on and off. You know, he was he was good during that Super Bowl run. He's a little bit underrated. Of granted, he's not a star. Um, you know, he's a he's a great player, um, but he's he's not like a. You know, he's not a big name in this league. I might say Derek Wolf, and you'll be like, who? Which is understandable. But he was on that uh, Denver Super Bowl team with Peyton Manning. Um, he was across from Von Miller. So he knows what he's doing. And then they brought in Calais Campbell from Jacksonville for a fifth-round pick. Granted, yes, that is a lot of money on the cap. But... Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. I think anybody's doing that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Jacksonville is okay. I think somebody needs to go check on them. 
Um, I think we need to send somebody to go check on Jacksonville because I don't know if they're doing okay. I don't know if they're doing so hot. But, yeah, I mean, the Ravens, they bulked up on the defensive line, and they they got better. You know, they got better than they did last year. Um, granted, I don't know if Calais Campbell will have, like, a super big impact. They had a great defensive line last year. Not saying Calais Campbell's going to have, like, a non-existent impact, but I believe he'll have like an Adamic and Sue on the Rams impact. Everybody was saying Adamic and Sue and Aaron Donald across from each other. That's unstoppable. Well, in the Super Bowl, it was very stoppable when the Patriots won 13 to three. It was very stoppable. Also <laughs> all throughout the playoffs that year that they were together. Um, it wasn't like people couldn't breathe. Like, people could breathe. People were fine. It was okay. But, you know, it did make things harder. And, like, Sue took a step back for Aaron Donald and um, so that he could go and be the star, which is something that Sue was really good at. When he was in Miami, he was more of the premier, like, defensive tackle. He was the premier defender. But when he was, oh, my goodness, (laughs) my voice is cracked a couple times. I don't know why. Okay, it's not like I'm screaming and yelling all day. There's nothing to do. Hopefully you guys can't like hear it and you don't notice it. Maybe I just called myself out. Um, But yeah, I think I still to pick up a Calais Campbell is going to help a lot. Um, So they've boosted up their defensive line, which I saw a tweet. I forget who it's from. Sorry that I can't give you credit. But it basically just said that all the smart teams are picking up on interior defensive linemen which I thought was interesting um, that all the smart teams are picking up on defensive linemen, which is okay, which means either it basically means that they're seeing like a trend in the NFL where they're like, oh, well, actually, it's like the statistics people, which I am a statistics person, but they're basically seeing that like the use of defensive linemen is very useful and they want to bring in a defensive lineman. So it's, you know, it's something to look at. You know, if the Ravens go on and they set the sack record and, and everything, then you can sit there and be like, well, yeah, the Ravens are one of the smart teams. They pick up defensive linemen and free agency, and all your friends will look at you and be like, whoa, man, how'd you even notice that? Like, yeah, I'm a stats guy. Okay, don't worry. I got you. I'm looking out for you. I'm looking out for you guys so you can you can brag. I'll do all the research. You guys look pretty. Don't <laughs> Um, only thing about the Ravens is they lost an offensive weapon. Um, they lost Hayden Hurst. Uh, they traded him to Atlanta. I forget what they got back. I think they got some picks back, but I don't, I don't really like that trade. Granted, Atlanta was going to make that trade because they lost Austin Hooper to the Browns, but now the Ravens don't really have a tight end and that tight end and Lamar Jackson were drafted in the same draft class and they had a really good connection. So I don't know if I like that move too much because I think also last year the Ravens didn't really have like a premier like offensive receiver. Granted, Mark Ingram was, you know, he was great, but they didn't have like a backup running back like they did in New Orleans where it was, you know, Ingram and Alvin Kamara were the one-two punch. He did not have that. And we saw at the end of the year with his calf injury that it, it weared on him. But Lamar Jackson did a, was kind of the second running back 
in a way. Lamar Jackson was the second running back, but it's just, you know, Mark Ingram couldn't really take too many plays off. Like he couldn't let Alvin Kamara come on for a series or let Alvin Kamara take three downs and he comes back in, which really wears and tears on your body as Mark Ingram is getting older. Um, Not saying that he's old, but he is getting older. And, you know, he's going from a place where they were looking out for him um, in the way that they had a two back set. And that was the thing is the Saints were like, well, we don't want Kamara to carry the load. So they brought in Latavius Murray so they could have a two back set. Granted, Latavius Murray couldn't really make up for Mark Ingram, but you get the point. Um, Yeah, so I think the Ravens didn't lose much in free agency. All their guys were kind of under contract. It's one of those like, you know, picture perfect years where it's where it's like, you know, thank goodness all of our young good guys or all of our good guys are still under contract so they don't have to break the bank to get somebody else. But um, so they didn't lose too much. Uh, they lost a cornerback um, who hasn't been signed anywhere yet. But, you know, besides that, they gained more than they lost. Uh, they really I think they just want to run it back, I think, which I don't know ever how I feel about running it back. OK, I'm never a big fan of let's just run it back. Let's run it back and do it again. Because that's exactly what the the Portland Trailblazers did. Um, They made it to the conference championships. After Damian Lillard had a great series against the Thunder. And then CJ McCollum had a great series against uh, the Denver Nuggets. And they were like, let's run it back. We're fine. We're good to go. And now they're not going to make the playoffs. I hope they do, but they probably won't. um, If the NBA even comes back. But that's my problem with running it back. Is when you run it back, then you have film on everybody. Okay, that was on that team. And you're going to try to do things similar to what you did last year. So that's why I don't really, I'm not a big fan of running it back. You got to change a couple things. You got to throw a couple curveballs. And the curveballs might be Calais Campbell and the defensive tackles that they acquired. That might be the curveballs. Okay, so we'll see. I think they need one more offensive weapon. Okay, I think they need another linebacker too and an offensive weapon. But, okay, um, also, real quick before I get into this, um, they do have their first-round draft pick. They could pick up one of the 85,000 receivers that are NFL receivers and in this draft, okay? This is a receiver draft, and they are so lucky they have a first-round pick because they can just, like, draft a wide receiver who was a premier wide receiver in college and who was who could other years have been, like, a top 10 pick they could draft him at like 30 so that's just something to think about (laughs) but speaking of offensive weapons for the ravens um we'll we'll whisper this okay um so the other day okay antonio brown lamar jackson and hollywood brown all working out together granted they were breaking social distancing rules um so i'm against that i don't like it uh, that they were breaking the rules because I'm trying to get out of this quarantine, (laughs) but Antonio Brown to the Ravens. His cousin is Hollywood Brown who already plays for the Ravens. Do we see that happening? Do we see Antonio Brown going to the Ravens? If Antonio Brown is sane, can he go to the Ravens? Interesting way, interesting little thing to think about. Okay. So Antonio Brown might be a Ravens acquisition later on. 
All right, let's move on to the next team. All right, I'm going to do the Steelers next. We'll save the Bengals. <laughs> I just looked at the Bengals inside. <laughs> um, so the Steelers actually had a nice season. They they lost Big Ben to a Tommy John um, surgery. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. But My goodness, man, do they need a quarterback. Do they ever need a quarterback? Mason Rudolph got 45 concussions in the span of 12 minutes. That's not actual facts. Do not quote me on that. But Mason Rudolph isn't good. Duck Hodgins, their third round or their third string quarterback, was good for a couple games, but wasn't really that good. I don't know. Mason Rudolph isn't good, confirmed. Okay, sorry, Mason Rudolph, if you're listening, you're probably not, but if by chance you are, thank you for listening. Uh, Go ahead, leave me a review. Let me know if you want to come on the podcast. But as of right now, you're not a very good quarterback. There's nothing against you. It's your first year. You were thrown into it. You were supposed to be a year, you know, a year project, maybe a two-year project to come out and have the time of your life. But last year wasn't the best year for you, bud. So, but if you're listening, um, DM me on Twitter at Wyatt Mitchison, W-Y-A-T-T-M-I-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. Um, and let's talk and let's get you on the podcast. That'd be really fun. You're probably not listening. <laughs> but they need a backup quarterback. They need somebody who can replace Big Ben. And they're going to have to do that in the later rounds. And they're going to get another guy like Mason Rudolph in like the third round. And he's not going to be that good. But they don't want to waste their first round pick on it because they have, you know, they they have a good offense and they want to build off of it. So it's very interesting because Big Ben's like, I'm coming back. Also, I saw a video of Big Ben recently basically telling everybody to stay indoors. (laughs) I'm going through puberty still. I'm 12 years old, if you did not know. If you didn't hear the voice crack and I outed myself again, I feel sorry for myself, but I digress. Anyway, um, I saw a video of Big Ben, you know, saying, oh, we're safe inside, this and this. The guy looked like he had been in, like, quarantine since he first heard about the coronavirus. Like, back in, like, December, late November. Like, he heard coronavirus and the guy just locked his doors bought all the toilet paper and was like nope i'm not doing it he his beard was was a gandalf like his hair now granted it's not like his hair was like long flowing locks but it was it was pretty scraggly for a big ben okay big ben usually keeps it keeps it trimmed granted big ben has always had that beard okay but he looked like he had not, like, shaved or even cleaned up his beard or cleaned up any facial hair or hair on his head and face area in about six months. Um, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is Maybe he's too busy rehabbing his Tommy John um his, I don't know the actual tendon. I just know from baseball that it's the Tommy John surgery. So, for all you anatomy majors out there, um, 
who are listening, anatomy majors, for all of you anatomy majors, no, for all you people who know about the anatomy of the body, um, yeah, let me know what that actual tendon is. <laughs> um, but they also need another offensive weapon, uh, the Steelers, because Juju Smith-Schuster did not do well last year. He did not. Do not let his smile fool you. And you know why he didn't do good last year? Because he did not train in the offseason. Okay? Here's how you know a guy isn't training. Okay? So I followed Juju Smith-Schuster on all his social medias. I I like the guy. I think he's funny. I think he's entertaining. But I'm watching, like, his Snapchat stories and his Instagram stories, and they're just him in Hawaii, and he's eating all like this junk food. Now, granted, that's like Juju's like his brand is I'm a kid and I'm going to wake up in the morning before a game and eat frosted flakes and then go out and have 100 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Like that was his thing when Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell were there. Now he becomes a primary option and he's like, oh, wow, this is a lot harder. And so his whole offseason consisted of just him eating junk food. And then people would comment and be like, hey, man, could you like go work out? Could you like go to a field and pass the ball maybe? And then this is the all time when athletes do this and they kind of have no reputation of them being like really good or anything. They're not working out. Okay. So when they say, I just don't film my workouts. I don't have to film everything I do, but then film everything they do besides workout. They're not working out. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think picked up a barbell. No, that's rude. <laughs> I don't think he was working out like like an Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, all he he posts all day long, but majority of his stuff is him working out. You cannot blame him for that, okay? But Juju Smith-Schuster did not do that, okay? He was just like, I'm having fun. I'm at the beach. I'm eating cookies. I'm up at 4 a.m. playing Fortnite. Like, come on. And so then this season, he has a bad season. Guess what? Guess what all he's posting about now? All he's doing is working out. (laughs) That's it. All he's doing every day, it's him working out. It's just Juju working out. And I got to give it to the guy. You know, he's working hard and everything. But I saw a clip of him running routes and everything. Routes weren't too impressive. His trainer, after he hit a break, um, I think he was doing a... You run to the post and you run out to the corner. So maybe it's like a post corner or something. I don't know. I don't know the technicalities of it. (laughs) I don't know what routes are called. I know specific routes, but like stuff like that. It's probably a corner route, a post corner. It's probably something like that. Anyway, so he hit his break to go out to the corner, which is a sideline. And it, it wasn't impressive. Granted, I am not an NFL level athlete. I am not. I will say that right now. I'm not an NFL level athlete. Could I guard Juju Smith-Schuster? Could I defend him? No. I couldn't defend Juju Smith-Schuster like with him with two arms tied behind his back. I couldn't. 
Okay, he's an NFL athlete. But somebody who is an NFL athlete, I think, would have a fine time guarding that. So he is doing, he is getting his body in better shape. Granted, maybe he just hadn't run routes in a while. He's a little sore. Maybe that was like his 18th route that he had ran. So if Juju Smith-Schuster does not get better this year after all this working out or does not even get back to what he was, um, then I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) He might not be good. But they did pick up Eric Ebron in the offseason. The Steelers did. They had had a decent offseason so far. Uh, in the draft, granted, they need offense. They need offense. Their defensive is fine. Minka Fitzpatrick turned out to be a great accusation for them. He might be the top safety in the NFL. Um, ooh, speaking of Minka Fitzpatrick, um, they're going to have a harder time picking up offense in the draft because Minka Fitzpatrick cost them their first round pick because he was traded from the Miami Dolphins. So the Steelers don't have a first round pick. So Steeler fans, I'm sorry for you. Um, hopefully you get some offense. I think Big Ben will come back and fix a couple things. Um, so yeah, I that's my Steelers talk. I kind of went on a Juju rant there and then a Big Ben rant there. <laughs> but basically they need offense. Their defense is fine. All right, let's move on to the Bengals. So I have written here in my notes, Bengals, what don't they need? <laughs> Because it's so true. The poor Bengals went 2-14 and 14 last year, and they need a big draft. If the draft fails for the Bengals, it might be over. They might be relocating. I don't know where. I, I almost said the Supersonics. I'm just so used to, when you want to relocate, where do you go? Seattle. Um, but Seattle has a team, a very good team. But... The Bengals need a quarterback. We all know this, and if you didn't, they need a quarterback. They have the first overall pick okay, in this year's draft. The premier quarterback is Joe Burrow from LSU. Had an amazing season. Broke every record there is for a college quarterback. Made LSU relevant again. LSU is now having a great recruiting class. Okay, Coach O, uh, go Tigers. Coach O is saying go Tigers more than anybody. Okay. But I'm hearing things that the Bengals want to, like, trade down, which is interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Peter King reported on the Pat McAfee show, Basically, that there's people in the Bengals organization who really like Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, who I said on the last episode I wasn't the most impressed with. Wait, no, I did say that about him. I also said that about Justin Fields of Ohio State. But Justin Fields isn't in this draft, so he's irrelevant to this conversation. But Justin Herbert of Oregon, they want to take him, which is extremely interesting. Um... Because he's like a project quarterback. He's like, go sit on the bench for a year quarterback. He's not ready. But they want to trade back with somebody. The Dolphins, granted, they've been saying we love Joe Burrow. And the old 
um, GM for the Dolphins, who's still really close with uh, the owner of the Dolphins, came out and said, I forget where he said it, but he basically came out and said and was like, uh, I wouldn't waste a top 10 pick on Tua Tungavailoa, the Alabama quarterback. I said Alabama really weird. Alabama quarterback um, who's coming out who's had injury history. He said, I wouldn't waste my pick on him. No, I would not waste a top 10 pick on him, which is interesting because he's a great talent if he works out. But so the Bengals, right now there's no thing that they're going to trade the pick. There's been stuff about, oh, Joe Burrow, don't go to Cincinnati. You know, pull a pull a Eli Manning, um, pull a John Elway, and basically refuse to go there. And Joe Burrow's an Ohio kid, and so he's like, oh, I'll go there. He's like, I'll do that. But if the Bengals trade that pick, and they go back, and they get Justin Herbert, maybe they get Tua Tungavailoa, maybe they get Justin Love, I believe, from Utah State. Granted, Utah State got their butts kicked by Boise State. Broncos go big blue um yeah it's gonna be interesting I I don't think they're gonna trade that pick back but the Dolphins have so many assets that they can trade the Bengals they can give the Bengals control of the first round of the draft this year and next year for Joe Burrow but would they do that I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, the Bengals need offense. They need defense. <laughs> they need everything. Okay, that's what the Bengals need. There's your Bengals talk. Bengals fans, Cincinnati. I hope I didn't offend anybody from Cincinnati. It's a great place. It's a great place. Never been there. Here, it's a great place. All right. So now comes my prediction for what um, what I think the <clears throat> AFC North is going to pan out. Okay. So drum roll, please. I think the Ravens are going to win the AFC North again. Yes, I know, hot take. Um, if Lamar Jackson stays true to form, you know, back, you know, maybe not his MVP self, but stays true to form, Ravens are going to win that division. Browns are coming in second. The Steelers with an aging Big Ben and possible question marks on that offense are going to come in third. And then the Bengals are going to come in last. But I really think this division is going to be one of the more competitive divisions in football. Um, I think it's not up there with the, the NFC uh, South. okay. Um, but I think it's a great division. I think three teams from this division we could see in the playoffs. So that's my thing. Um, that's my take on it. I think the Ravens are going to win like 11 games, 11, 12 games. Browns are going to win probably 10 games. Steelers are going to win 9 to 10 games. And the Bengals, I think they're going to win about 4 or 5 games. Okay, I haven't looked at their schedules. Um, I'll probably do another thing later on when we're closer to football season um, and go through again and do this. But as of right now, my prediction is Ravens win the North, Browns come in second but still make the playoffs, Steelers come in third but still make the playoffs, and the Bengals miss the playoffs. Again. Um, All right. Well, so that's my Bengals talk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's that. Um, But hey, show's not done yet. All right, show's not over. Fat Lady hasn't started to sing. All right, we got other NFL news we got to talk about. All right, Brandon Cooks, good old Brandon Cooks, 
guess what? He's on the move again. He got traded again. To where? To where? To Bill O'Brien in Houston, Texas. The Houston Texans acquire Brandon Cooks for a few draft picks to try to replace DeAndre Hopkins. Yay. Um, Deshaun Watson, poor Deshaun Watson, is now going to be throwing to Brandon Cooks, uh, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills. Uh, Granted, if this was about 2016, people would be saying, what an underrated receiving core that is. (laughs) Oh, I feel so bad for Deshaun. Free Deshaun. Free Deshaun Watson. All right. Yeah, so Brandon Cooks is a Texan. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. Brandon Cooks hasn't really been that great. He's had injury issues. Um, yeah, well, I think it's it's better than nothing. It's better than whoever else they had. All right. More news. A lot of teams are getting new uniforms. The Browns have not unveiled their new uniforms, haven't given us a teaser or anything. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Tom Brady leading the charge, have... New uniforms, and guess what they are? Just their old uniforms. <laughs> From, like, when they won the Super Bowl in 02. <laughs> I don't get it. They went back to their old logo with the ship. They abandoned the digital clock numbers. They just went back. They went back. Maybe they're going to bring back John Gruden. They're going to do another trade for John Gruden. <laughs> just I like them. I think they're cool uniforms. I like the red jersey. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the color red. I like them. They're cool. Uh, I also like the ship on them. I'm a big, big pirate guy. <laughs> I like the Bucks jerseys. They're not anything too flashy. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll probably change them again whenever they can because these, uh, they're not like flashy. They're not like. I don't know. They're not the best uniforms, but they're not the worst. If you're a big fan of solid colors, these are your jerseys. Go pick one up. Go pick one up of your favorite player. Um, Another new jersey are the Atlanta Falcons. I almost said Hawks. They need new jerseys. I blood. Okay, real quick. Atlanta Hawks talk. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks have this jersey. Um, It's one of their older ones. It's like when Dikembe Mutombo played for them. And it, like, has the hawk, like, spreading its wings and, like, its talons are coming up. This is the coolest NBA jersey ever. It's up there with, like, the the throwback 76ers one, like, the Allen Iverson, um, the purple Utah Jazz one. Those are beautiful jerseys. And the blue Lakers ones. Those are beautiful jerseys. I love those jerseys so much. Those are beautiful. If they didn't cost an arm and a leg, I'd have them all. <laughs> all right. More NFL news. Um, Tom Brady is trying to trademark Tampa Bay. So instead of Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. And it came out and people were like, this is stupid. And then Tom Brady quoted, he's like, you know what? I never understood why Drew Brees didn't try to trademark Drew Orleans. Oy vey. What is he going to do? Sell t-shirts with Drew Orleans on it? And uh, I I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh no. I just, okay. We got our first segment on the show. 
Okay. I don't know what I want to call it. I don't want to say I block it because that's somebody else's thing. Um, we'll call it ship it or kick it. <laughs> that's on the spot. That's on the spot to be revised. Ship it or kick it. Okay. Do I ship Tampa Bay? No. Kick that. Do I ship Tom Brady trying to give Drew or <laughs> Drew Brees like a marketing thing? No, I kick that too. That's kicked away. Okay. And I also do I okay, we'll go back. Do I ship Brandon Cooks as a Texan? Sure, I ship it. Okay. The Bucks uniforms, do I ship them? Oh, I, I talked about the Atlanta Hawks. I was talking about the Falcons. Thank goodness I went back. People are probably sitting there like, he never talked about the Falcons uniforms. I'm so sorry. So yeah, the Bucks uniforms, I ship them. The Falcons uniforms, underrated. They kind of went with the Bucks where they just did a solid color. Like it's like no real design on them. It's just a solid color. But they have this jersey where it's like the, I forget how the colors go, but it like fades into red or fades into black or something. I think those are cool. I like those. I ship those. The other ones are just kind of basic solid colors, nothing too flashy. Um, but yeah, I ship those. I like those. I like those a lot. Good job, Falcons. All right. Hey, we got draft news. Oh, I already talked about this. I did talk about this. Peter King and the Bengals. Oh my gosh. Okay. If the Bengals trade that pick, oh, that's going to suck. I'm sorry, Bengals fans. I just went back to cause you more pain because they want Herbert. Also, oh, here's the thing. Um, here's more draft news. Okay, so guys are doing at-home combines. So, like, um, they're supposed to have pro days. Okay, so people are calling them combines. The combines already happened. So they're just pro days. Okay, they're, they're college pro days. Tua did one, and he looked really good. Um, there was this guy who sent in him a TCU wide receiver who ran a 4-2-2, which ties the combine record. Okay, for the fastest 40-yard dash. That's insane. Now, granted, he ran a 4-2-2, then a 4-2-8. Now, yeah, that's like, that's th- those are extremely fast. I could never run that, uh, but that's a big difference. There's a difference between four two two and four two eight. You think it'd be like a four two two and like a four two four? You think were the difference? I don't know because they didn't. They had guys on stopwatches, and you never know how that's gonna work. Uh, one guy's gonna run like a four one something, and then he's gonna get to training camp, and he can't beat their quickest cornerback. I don't know. So at home, oh, here, at home pro days, I ship them. We're still in ship it or kick it. I ship at home pro days. Okay. You know why? Because you could just hype yourself up a lot. Okay. You can hype yourself up to no end. You could be like, yeah, I'm this, this, and this, and you have it all on your side. Nobody's watching you. You could do as many takes as you want of something. You could run the 40 yard dash to your blue in the face. Okay. Because it's edited. They don't send in raw footage. So, yeah. I mean, I ship that. If you're a prospect, you could send in the best of everything. You'd be like, yeah, I ran a I ran a 4-2-2. Um, I benched 225 25 times. Um, my broad jump broke the record. I broad jumped 12 feet. <laughs> so, you could do that. I ship that. I ship that for these guys that might not get drafted. I ship it for them. I love them. Um, but yeah, Tua, Tua, 
came out. I actually really love that he said this. Okay, Tua came out and people were like, "What do you? What are your opinions on the um? How people say you're injury prone?" He's like, oh, "Well, I'm not playing badminton. I'm playing football." I love that because I hate the thing. I hate the word injury prone. This player's injury prone. I've said it throughout this thing. Guys have injury issues. Okay, guys get injured. Yes, there are guys that get injured more. Okay, but. Uh, there's no such thing as injury prone. Okay, some guys just have bad luck with injuries. We call Derrick Rose injury prone to where he almost got he almost left the league. And then he, he's he's great now. I watched Derrick Rose live recently back in December and I was like, this guy's like a premier player in this league. But I digress. Okay. Tua is a great Hang on, before I say anything. So I'm very, <laughs> I was going to say Tua is a great prospect, which he is, but I think Tua is either he's going to succeed, he's going to be amazing, or he's going to suck, or he's going to be amazing for his like first four years, and he's going to suck. It's either he's going to be amazing all his career, or he's just going to suck. That's that's my opinion on Tua, okay? I also love Tua. Tua Tunga Vailoa, it's fun to say. All right, we're done with ship it or kick it. I also, I ship Tua Tunga Vailoa. I ship him. All right, we're moving on to just more news. USA Rugby might be gone. They declared for bankruptcy. Okay, that's not good. It affects youth rugby. It affects a lot of things. Okay, that's not good. Uh, hopefully somebody helps them out. Because, uh, you know, I love rugby. USA 7s is amazing. USA 15s, oh, not so much. USA 15 sucks. Haven't won a World Cup game in eight years. Disappointing. <laughs> um, but besides that, um, yeah, that, that just sucks. That sucks. And, it, you know, it's due to COVID-19. They can't make any revenue. But that sucks. This isn't the first time declaring for bankruptcy either. So I think they'll be okay. But I don't know. You, They're, they're a rising star, especially their sevens team. Um, but yeah, but speaking of something that isn't digressing, uh, the major rugby league, okay. Major league rugby. Um, they are now going to have a draft. Okay. Major league rugby is going to have a draft, which brings up the question. Can I get drafted? I read through the things, uh, as of right now, I'm not age wise eligible, but I might put my name in, put my name in the hat. They're doing four rounds. They got 12 teams. I got a good percentage to be drafted. All right. So watch out. I might be a major league rugby player. <laughs> It'd be really cool um, if I could get drafted somehow, some way. We'll see. I'll keep you updated. If <laughs> I'll get an agent and everything, we'll start this thing up. But speaking of the draft, Major League Rugby draft, Mike Friday, USA 7's head coach, came out on Twitter and tweeted twice technically because he deleted his other one because he made a grammatical error. <laughs> um, he said he thinks the MRL draft is bad because he was reading it and basically if you get drafted into the MRL, okay, um, or maybe it's major. It's maybe it's the MLR. It probably is the MLR. Major League Rugby. Yeah, it's the MLR. My mistake. 
<laughs> but so if you get drafted into it, I guess there must be something because he came out and said, what about people who want to play sevens and go to the Olympics? Um, they can't do that and everything. And so, the, and so then he said, athletes, make sure you read the fine print, which means there must be something that basically says you cannot like participate in USA sevens. Cause there are former sevens players who play in, um, that rugby league who did not go to the Olympics. They didn't even try. They didn't go to Olympic trials or anything. Okay. They didn't even try to make the team. Which makes you think that there's something in the contract that says you can only play 15s. Because all those guys played on the World Cup team, but none of them played on the Olympic team for 7s or the 7s World Cup team. Which is interesting. It's very interesting that USA Rugby wouldn't allow people to play for the 7s team. Because the 7s team is the best USA version of USA Rugby. Uh, the USA Men's 15 teams is a joke. An absolute joke, okay? That team is not good. It's not, okay? You don't get to be called a good team and don't win a World Cup game, okay? The past two World Cups, 2015, 2019, okay? You can blame it all you want on the coach, okay? But Gary Gold, I'm not a... That's all I gotta say. (laughs) I don't want to get on a USA Rugby rant. But maybe the Major League Rugby draft isn't all it's cracked up to be. Hey, that's all the news we got for you. That's everything we got. We got a loaded podcast for you. Sorry about last week. I was trying to just get everything under control. But hey, we're back. We're good. I didn't go anywhere. All right. Um, But hey, COVID-19, I guess this is the week where it's really supposed to be hitting hard. Uh, These next two weeks or maybe this week and the past week. Um, I'm losing track of the days, (laughs) but it's supposed to be hitting hard recently. Stay inside, uh, wash your hands, stay safe, stay healthy, take your vitamins and Hey, happy Easter. This is going to go out on Easter. And if it doesn't, I messed up. That's why I'm saying it's going to go out on Easter. So it goes out on Easter. (laughs) All right. Hey, thank you for listening to why it's right of a sports podcast. It means the world to me. Go give me a follow on Twitter. If you haven't already, um, comment on my stuff. Let me know if you want to hear specific things on the podcast. Um, re- uh, give us a rate and review. You can rate us however many stars you feel you want to, and you can review and you can put anything in there. You can say how much you love it. You can say how much you hate it. You give me constructive criticism. I just hit my pot filter there. <laughs> um, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, I love to hear back from my audience. Uh, yeah, so. Go follow the official Twitter page for this, WRSP Network on Twitter. All right? Go follow us there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I love doing this just to get to do this. It makes me feel really professional. Um, Doing a bunch of research and everything makes me feel good. So, again, thank you so much for listening. I've said it like three times now. Uh, Stay safe. Stay healthy, please. Um, I don't want anything to happen to anybody anymore. But, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, This has been Wyatt's Right of a Sports Podcast, and I will see you hopefully next week if there's any news. If there isn't, maybe we'll hold off. We don't know yet. All right, I'll see you. Goodbye.